brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm greeting you you all in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a blessing to be with you once again to give you what thus saith the Lord. Greeting all those on Facebook Live and on Trinity Baptist Prayer Line. Before I came up, I saw my niece Tanya, my mom, and my sister Tracy. Those are the ones I've seen type of comment. Well, as always, I say I'm excited about God's Word. And truly there is no exception today. We will be coming from Luke chapter 16. And we're going to look at verses 19 to 31. So grab your Bibles and join us at Luke chapter 16 verse 19 to 31. And it reads this way. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared strumptiously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame but Abraham said son remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thou good things and likewise Lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and thou art tormented and beside all this between us there is a great gulf fixed so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot Neither can they pass to us that will come from hence. Thence, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, we come once again and we thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. Lord God, my prayer always is that I decrease and you increase. I pray they hear the message and not the messenger. 
For it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll like to title this message today, Hell, Do You Really Believe It? Why are we talking about hell today? Well, well, one, the Lord led me in this direction, but to preach the whole counsel of God, you must not only talk about the love of God, but you must also preach about the wrath of God. Now, I want to start off by saying that I'm no expert on hell. But I'm telling you the only means, our only authority is God's Word, the Bible. That sets our foundation. So if we believe the Bible, we can continue here. The next thing here is that the Bible continually warns about a place called hell. In fact, there are over 162 references in the New Testament alone about hell. And 70, over 70 of those are uttered by Jesus Christ himself. Well, I don't know about you, but if Jesus Christ is talking about hell over 70 times, I think we might want to listen. So first, let's just go ahead and get into study. I like to tell you that never take my word for anything. I give a lot of scriptures because I want you, the Spirit wants you to, to go back and study and see if these things are true. So first, I want to start by saying, what is the purpose and location of hell? That's important to know, don't you think? We need to know the purpose. Well, this is so good because once you know your purpose, you can then do what you were made to do. If you don't know your purpose, you are most miserable. But God tells us right here the purpose of hell. If you look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Matthew 25, verse 41. And it reads this way, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, if you go to hell, you're going to a place that it wasn't even prepared for you. Jesus says here, that they will be cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. So that is the purpose of hell. God has prepared it for the devil and his angels. And you know what is the second purpose, he says? Look at Psalms chapter 9, verse 17. Psalms chapter 9, verse 17. It says, the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forgot God. So he's going to get a dual purpose here. It was created for the devil and his angels, and then all of those that are wicked, and then those nations that forgot God, shall be turned into hell. So there you go. There's the purpose of hell. Now, where is the location? Where is hell located? That's always good to know. Make sure you know where you're going. Here's the location of hell. Um, Matthew chapter 12, 
verse 40. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. And it reads this way. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Wow. That gives us some information right there. It tells us that the hell is located in the heart of the earth. Mm. So there you have it. And they say the, the core, scientists tell us that the core of the earth is really hot. But it tells us that the, it says three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That is the location of hell. Now listen to this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. And I, I'm, I'm going to explain something here in a minute. It says, Now that he ascended, what is it but that he descended first into the lower parts of the earth. This is talking about Jesus descending to the lower parts of the earth. Now stay with me here. I don't want to lose you. When we understand the, what the Bible says about hell, and in, even in our reading in Luke chapter 16, we see that the rich man and the beggar died. Lazarus died. And it tells us that Lazarus was carried into the bosom of Abraham. Now before Christ, everyone that died... Um, that were not saved went to the paradise side of hell. There was two sides. Hell was composed of a paradise side and a torment side. And we see this depicted here in this story that Jesus tells us. I don't believe this is not a parable because he is giving names here. He names Lazarus. So the current location of hell is in the center of the earth and it was composed of two parts. So you say, hey, when this scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9, says, now that he ascended, what is it but also he descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Jesus is telling us that, hey, yeah, he descended down there to the side that was the paradise side. And we also see this in the story that Jesus tells us. I don't know if you remember when Jesus Christ was on the cross. And there was two thieves, one to the left and one to the right. What did Jesus tell him? Luke chapter 23, verse 43. Here's what Jesus said. I want you, this is key to understand this. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He was talking about the paradise side of hell. So what the Bible teaches us is that Jesus Christ went down, talked to the, those that were captives, and then he went up 
and delivered them and took them to heaven. And then as the Bible says in Isaiah, hell enlarged itself. There's more room down there for those wicked. So the current location of hell is in the center of the earth. Are we there? And it was composed of two parts. And we'll see that more when we get back to our scripture text today. Now, that's the current location. What is the final location of hell? Oh, it, it's going to move. The Bible tells us about a new heaven and a new earth. So obviously, hell is going to move. Look at Revelations chapter 20, verse 14. Revelations chapter 20, verse 14. Oh man, this is good stuff here. I hope you're taking notes. You need to get these notes and study. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Wow. See man, I'm telling you, when you're saved, you only have to die once. But if you're unsaved, you have to die twice. Because one, you're going to die physically. But then the second death takes place when he casts hell and um, hell and death into the lake of fire. That is the final resting place of hell. Wow. So now, let's go ahead and continue here. How did Jesus describe hell? This is the key. Now remember, our title is Hell, Do You Really Believe It? I want you to think about that title. Because if you really believe it, it'll cause for some action. Here's what, how Jesus described hell. Mark chapter 9, verse 30, 48. Mark chapter 9, verse 48. I'm going to run through these pretty quickly because Jesus talks about it. Man, I'm telling you, I told you there's over seven references. Obviously, I cannot give you all of those. You need to do your own study. But Mark chapter 9, 48 says this, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. My goodness. Hell is a place where the fire, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That is going to be a horrible place. This is not a physical fire that we see in the physical realm where the fire is burning and it's going to eventually go out. This is an eternal fire. And matter of fact, he describes it as that in our next verse. Matter of fact, let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. Here's how Jesus is describing hell. It says, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or main, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Wow. You won't be able to call the fire department here to put this fire out. This fire is everlasting. God created this fire and it won't go out. He says it's everlasting. Can you imagine that there is no relief to this fire? It will not go out. Jesus also describes hell as wailing and weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. My goodness. Man, this is a place you don't want to go. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 42. Matthew chapter 13, verse 42. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you look at verse 50, it says the same thing. Matthew chapter 8, verse 12 says the same thing. Now, let me read that. Actually, yeah, I actually want to go to that one because it says wailing and weeping and gnashing of teeth. He mentions that in, as I said, Matthew chapter 13 verse 42 and 50 and there I mean he mentions it all some more times I can't give you all those references but the next thing so it's going to be wailing can you imagine the screams that you're going to be hearing and the weeping and crying I'm telling you you'll find out why there's going to be weeping and crying there's going to be gnashing of teeth See, Jesus never God never said he's going to wipe the tears away from those folks but there's going to be weeping and wailing. I don't know if you ever heard wailing, but I'm telling you, I've heard wailing. I've wailed before when you're just, there's no hope and you're just crying out. Oh my, that's going to be everlasting and gnashing of teeth. Good Lord Almighty. Can you imagine gnashing of teeth? Your teeth and you're just gnashing because of the pain that you're going through. Jesus is describing hell here. He has given us a warning. He does not want us to go there. Now, you know, I hear a lot of people, crazy people that are not saved, say they're going to get there and party in hell. Let me tell you, as Jesus already described it, fire that's not quenched. Everlasting fire. Wailing, weeping, gnashing of teeth. But he also talks about this. Look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. It says, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be no light in hell. So this fire is not the regular fire where it emits light. It is going to be darkness. It says outer darkness. Man, so people talking about they're going to get down there and party like, like it's 1999. I don't know what they're saying. But you're not going to be able to see those other ones probably right beside you. Because it's going to be so dark. A darkness that you could probably even feel. So you're not going to be partying down there. And then he says where the worm dieth not. That means you're going to want to die and you're not going to be able to. Look at Mark chapter 9 verse 44. Mark chapter 9 verse 44. It says, Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Oh my. Jesus does not want us to go there. Then he also says it's a place of torment. I mean, if you just think about the worst thing that you that you are afraid of. Your worst fears are going to come upon you. Look at Luke chapter 16 verse 23. Luke chapter 16 verse 23. This is in our reading. Matter of fact, if you look at 16 verse 23, 24, and 28, it all says pretty much the same thing. But let me read 23. 
It says, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. It is a place of torment. Matter of fact, I'm going to read this other one here, where he says this. Um, look at verse 24. Yeah, let's look at 24. Luke chapter 19, verse 24. Luke chapter um, 16, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 16, verse 24. Listen to this. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Good Lord Almighty. He is tormented in this flame. And he wants some relief. But there will be no relief given. The last thing how Jesus described hell. Matthew 25, 46. Matthew 25, 46. Jesus said this. And these shall go into everlasting punishment. But the righteous into life eternal. So hell is everlasting punishment. It is the opposite of eternal life. It is eternal death. You are in the state of dying all the time and can't die. Wow. Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell. In fact, we know that because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I love John 3.16 because it is the foundation. It shows that God loved us and that He gave. Love always gives. And He gave His only begotten Son. You know, some translations say gave His only Son. Throw those away. That, that's really bad. Whenever He says begotten Son, that's the difference. We're talking about Jesus here. It's coming through the bloodline of the Father. That makes the difference. And it says, whosoever believeth on Him. See, you simply get to heaven. You're simply saved from the wrath of God by believing in the gift that God has given us. And that is His Son. And the finished works that He did on the cross and rose from the grave. That's how you're saved. Now, I want to really quick, we got to go. I'm really running out of time. Probably should have broke this up into two messages here. But let's get it here. As we look at our reading, Luke 16, 19 to 31, I want you to read that today and dissect it and break it down. The Lord wanted me to point out a few things here. I want you to look at verse 22. Look at verse 22 in Luke chapter 16. There is no escort to hell. It says, and it came to pass. See, it's going to happen, folks. Death is going to happen. You cannot escape it. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the... Oh, I love this part. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. He had no escort. But praise be to God if we are children of God... He has angels, and we don't know who they are, how many they are, but it's plural here. He was carried by the angels 
into Abraham's bosom. Praise be to God. The rich man also died and was buried. You see, there's no escort there. And then, the next thing I want you to know is that he had a conscience. The poor man was in heaven. Now listen to this. 23. And in hell he lifted his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. You see, the rich man has a conscience. He's awake. He's thirsty. He can feel. He can hear. And he asks for mercy. But there will be no mercy given. If there is no mercy, if you show no mercy, you'll have no mercy. So then also, the rich man knows that he cannot get out. He doesn't even ask to get out. He simply says, Go to my father's house and tell my brethren that they may not come to this place of torment. What is the rich man teaching us from hell? He's teaching us that there was no escort there. He's teaching us that he's awake. He can hear. He can see. He can feel. He's teaching us that there's no mercy. As James chapter 2 verse 13 says there. It says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And then look at verse 26. I want you to get verse 26 here. This will help a lot of people going to these people, talking about hearing from people from the dead and all this. Listen to this. Look at verse 26. It says, And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fix, so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So he is saying that there was a gulf fix that cannot be crossed. Those from heaven can't get down there to those in hell, and those in hell can't get those to those in heaven. So once you're in that place, there is no coming back there because there is a gulf that's fixed. But what we see here, the rich man is concerned about others. Look at verse 27. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them Less also, unless they also come into this place of torment. Wow. I want you to think about this. This is, I'm telling you, this is a terrible thought. So this man that's in hell can see those that's in, in the paradise side of in, in, in hell. And he is tormented. So he's seeing this. He has a remembrance. It's playing in his mind. But he still have concern about those that are alive. He says, send them to my brother's house that they may hear and not come into this place 
of torment. I'm asking you a question. You're alive. That rich man is in hell and pleading that someone talk to the laws. What are you doing? You say you're a Christian. You believe in Christ. But the question was, do you believe in hell? If you believe in hell, one of the um, known atheists said this statement. And I want you to listen to it. Now, this is an atheist. He said, if I believe in hell... As much as you do, I will crawl across broken glass and tell people about Christ. What are you doing? Are you telling people about Christ? Or are you sitting in your comfort zone and don't want to be shaken up? The question, like the title says, hell, do you really believe it? If you really believe that this is a place of torment that Jesus talked about, what are you going to do? You cannot sit still knowing that people are dropping off into this place where the fire is not quenched. Everlasting fire, wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth, darkness, the worm dieth not, torment, and everlasting punishment, and call yourself a Christian. You can't do it. Matter of fact, the Bible says, The love of Christ constraineth me. And we know it does because God gave His only Son to die on that cross and rose again. Romans chapter 5, 8 says this, But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died from us. I'm telling you today, from God's Word, that you only get to heaven by believing in the finished works of Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, what Jesus said. Jesus said, I tell you, nay, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. A lot of people add a lot of stuff to salvation. The simple fact is belief in Christ saves you. That belief includes repentance. It's not separated. It is impossible to say that you believe in Christ and don't repent. That's nonsense. You don't know what you're talking about. Because if you believe in Christ, you understand that you are a sinner and you can't save yourself. You understand that God sent Jesus Christ. He said, for all of your righteousnesses are filthy rags. So nothing we can do can get us into heaven. We are only accepted into heaven when we accept the gift that God has given us. And that is Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, that shed His blood and was buried and on the third day rose from the grave. That's what saved you. Hell, do you really believe it? Well, the question is, if you really believe in hell, if you are not... If you're not into the body of Christ, that's where you're going. Jesus is warning us in over 70 verses in the New Testament alone. We didn't even touch many verses of the Old Testament. Jesus wants you to go to heaven, not to hell. It is a terrible place. He simply wants you to tell others about him. As we see that this poor, well, the, the poor man was in the bosom of Abraham. He was in heaven. He was comforted. The Bible says he was comforted now, but the rich man is tormented. Wow. What are you going to do with what you know today? Do you really believe in hell? You know, a lot of people say, hey, we believe in heaven. Thank you. Everybody's going there. Jesus Christ was clear here. Everybody's not going there. You only get there 
by accepting him as your personal savior. I pray that you take this message today and look into these scriptures and do a deeper study. I don't know everything about hell, but one thing I do know is what God has given me, and I believe that. So get into God's word and study it, and ask yourself the question, hell, do you really believe in? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.